What is up? What is up? What is up, everybody? Thank you guys for joining us tonight. As you guys know, I'm Dom. This is the Cash Geeks Network featuring Gary Booth filling in for G. G is in uh, Mexico, hanging tough, trying to uh, mastermind and learn new strategies, but really going on jet skis and ATVs and it's stuff like that. So. <laughs> it's, it's a got, terrible life. It's a life. terrible life. Yeah, but as you guys know, every night, every Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern time, we bring the fire and uh, we bring solid individuals that are high-level operators so that we can all learn more in the real estate industry in general. Not only wholesaling, but it's flipping, it's buy and hold strategies. It's really real estate focused, but it's all different types of strategies. So guys, we have Nick Perry with us tonight. Warren, bring him on in. Mr. Nick, how are you, my man? Dude, I'm excited to be here, ready to uh, drop some bombs. Thank you guys for having me on. Oh man, thank you so cool. much for doing this, dude. I, I know, um, you know, high level producers, your, your time is super valuable. A lot of people don't really have the time to really focus in on like what you're really taking out of your day to do something like this for free. I mean, if you're a high level producer doing several deals every single month, several different businesses, like it really takes a lot to commit your time to even just a simple one hour interview. So we really, really appreciate it, dude. Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, I, I got like I was telling you before, you know, I've got a lot of really good people that leverage my time back. So, yeah, it allows me to to do what I want when I want. That's amazing. That's amazing. Very cool. What what I want to do is just really quickly at first ask, how does your business entirely look right now? That might be a loaded question, but I want people to get a good grasp of who they're listening to and who they're learning from tonight. And then maybe we can try to go back to the beginning and kind of see the transition from early Nick to current Nick. Yeah. So I own multiple businesses, but my real estate business is, you know, my baby. Um, I went and uh, yeah, I started in 2014, but um, I, where I am now, I've scaled my way out of the organization. So I live in uh, Miami Beach, my okay. uh, my staff, my office, all my equipment, everything is in Austin, Texas. So the way my business looks right now is, you know, we're one of the larger uh, nationwide wholesaling flipping companies in the United States. Mm -hmm. uh, we do, you know, 15 to 20 contracts a week uh, consistently. And it's a lean, man. I've had, you know, as many as 20 people on my team before. And, you know, I've been able to dial in our systems, processes and procedures to where now we only have nine. So, mm. you know, we've got, um, four acquisitions. We've got um, one uh, follow-up specialist. We've got three dispositions. And then I have my my CEO who oversees the entire operation and myself, so. Okay, nice, nice. Uh, Do you have any other support staff members like an administrative assistant or uh, acquisition manager, disposition manager, assistants, anything along those lines? No, we don't have any sales support. It's everybody in my entire, uh, company is all revenue generating. You know, I've been bloated before where I've had people that, you know, were sales support doing, you know, administrative stuff for dispo and for acquisitions and it got in the way more than it helped. So mm. now every single one of my people, they're all, you know, sales guys essentially. Wow. At what point in the last seven years, cause you started in 2014, now it's 2021 and at one point you had 20 people uh on your staff and now you have nine what what year was it where you had the 20. 
that was 2019. So, you know, we, we scale, we, you know, we're in full on scale mode. And what I learned in this business is, you know, one plus one doesn't always equal two or for our language, more leads, more people does not always mean more net profit, Mm -hmm. right? What you tend to see happen with the, the larger your team size gets is your overhead grows accordingly with it. Mm-hmm. And your net margins tend to start shrinking. So okay. if uh, you can look at companies all over the entire United States that do wholesaling and flipping, the, the teams with the larger headcounts typically have the lower net profit. And what did we get into this business for was to have, you know, uh, a nice lifestyle to have the freedom to spend time and do what we want. So all that matters at the end of the day is what you're actually bringing home. Dude, this is all this is all really great stuff, man. Yeah. Seven years, you figured out your systems, your processes, what the right ratio of acquisitions to dispositions, follow-up manager, you have someone running it. There's a lot of people that I know for a fact that want to be in those same shoes. So that is absolutely amazing. So we really need to go in on a lot of that for sure. Um, but there's other things going on right now also other than the real estate. Yeah, so... Um, you know, I've now that I've bought most of my time back, I, you know, I don't have to be in the office. Um, you know, I, I, I do commercial, so I'm closing on 47 units on Friday. Um, I've got mm. another 116 units that I'm closing on uh, in November. Um, so I'm doing a lot more. Uh, I'm more active on the commercial side of, of real estate. But then I also own oil and gas uh, interest. I'm an LP into you know, some different companies in the technology space. So, you know, I'm always looking for a place where I can park my money to get me a good, uh, a good return. Nice, nice. So LT, LP, limited partner? Limited partner. You know, I, I'm, I partner with uh, experts that are, you know, experts in their field. And, you know, we'll go in on different ventures together, whether it be, you know, uh, technology, like, I, like the oil and gas. I'm a big LP into that. But I'm not out there fracking oil wells every day, you know, so. I gotcha. I gotcha. Yeah. So being that you've been in real estate for the last seven years, how do you work up the courage when when you're going in as a limited partner to other industries that you're not familiar with that might be completely a 180 difference? How do you work up the courage to to be able to invest into those companies? Same way you worked up your courage to invest your uh, your money into, you know, marketing and wholesaling for uh, for what we're doing right now. Right. Entrepreneurhood is. um you know, we're, we're naturally risk takers. So, you know, you try to educate yourself and do the best you can with um, every situation and all you can do is your best. So, you know, I've just, uh, most of my LPs, I've known these guys for years. I've developed relationships and rapport. So there's a level of trust to be had um, because I don't have the time to go become an expert on all these different business ventures themselves. But look at the guys on Shark Tank, right? You think that Mark Cuban knows about all the industries that he's invested into? No, he just knows what the numbers are. He sees who the operator is, and he's taking a bet on the on the jockey a lot of the times. So that's what you know. You start doing once you're once you're in a position to do that. That's awesome, man. So you just said that you have 47 units that you're closing on on Friday, and another 116 shortly thereafter. Um, is that exclusively you or do you raise capital or have capital partners and things like that? Or are you just a limited partner in those also? No. So I'll have uh, 
because I like my time. Uh, I like my time freedom. So I'll bring in a, a, a partner to do action that oversee the entire value add, do all the property management. So I'm not getting a bunch of phone calls. Okay. And then like I have liquid capital. So you know, there's on this deal, you know, I'm actually, I could have put my own money in, but it makes no sense to, I was able to you know, get pretty, uh, pretty competitive private money rates. And we found a partner that was able to come in and I was, I was able to go zero money in the deal nice. and still retain a nice portion of equity. Yeah. Infinite returns on something like that. Right. Exactly. So you just try to leverage and be smart, you know, um, as you, as you go about different deals. That's awesome. Is there at this point, one big thing that you really want to focus on more so than others? Is it going to be a lot of multifamily or just a lot of door door acquisitions? Yeah, I'm a real estate guy at heart, you know, um, that's how I, I made all my money. That's where, you know, I my core competency is. So okay. as I continue to invest, it's going to be heavier in real estate than it's going to be in anything else for sure. Right, right. There's something about that, right? There's something about real estate and, and hard assets that just gets people excited that, you know, it feel like everyone wants a, a piece of it. Everyone wants to own something tangible that gives a good mm -hmm. return back. You know, you even have some of these very conservative real estate investors that are fine with like three caps and things like that. So what is it that you think that's that's so exciting about real estate? Yeah, real estate's always going to have value, right? People are always going to need land. People are always going to need a place to live. It doesn't matter what's going on with the economy. I don't care if, you know, the dollar crashes to zero and we're trading in, uh, you know, Trulies and White Claws. We're still going to have, you know, some form of um, value being exchanged and real estate is always going to hold its value, right? And if you look at it on a macro, it always appreciates because they're not making any more land, but the, we're making a lot more people. That's for sure. That's yep. for sure. The, uh, the population is growing exponentially. It's almost like they can't keep up the um, the the creation of extra doors with regard to how quick the population's growing. Nope. Yeah, you look, we're in a we're in a huge shortage that just keeps widening in terms of the number of new houses that we need to produce. So yeah. that's why you know, I'm very bullish on the the next you know few years in real estate as long as we stay in a you know healthy um, you know interest rate environment. I don't see any you know unless there's a black swan event, all the macros look good for you know, continuing to invest, you know, now and into the near future. Yeah, Nick, we're, we're hoping that you, you solve this problem for us, man. We need more doors. Well, yeah. I mean, let me know what you guys are looking for. Cause we're, that's, uh, that's all I do all day is I'm looking at property. So I'm happy to help. Um, are, are you messing or interested in development at all? No, not right now. Just cause it's a little bit more hands-on that I'm really looking to get myself into. Okay. Yep. Okay. Um, awesome. Yeah. But yeah, let's definitely connect. Oh, for sure, for sure. So, so going back to the beginning, I mean, seven years—you really learn a lot over seven years. We've been wholesaling for about four and a half years. We we do a, de a decent amount of volume at this point in our career, so we're really happy with what's going on. Um, but I know, like in from the beginning, in your transition to not only four but seven years, I'm sure you've learned a ton that makes you very lean, a lot more profitable, and uh, you find your groove at, at some point. But in the beginning, especially in 2014, because we started in 2017, and we didn't have access to the same systems that we have access to now. But in 2014, you surely didn't have access to the same 
um, data outreach and list pulling and you know public record exposure and things like that. So what, what were your strategies or, or, or even a little bit further, like what got you even interested in real estate in the first place? Yeah, you know, I was a personal trainer before I was doing real estate and, you know, I'm working my butt off making, you know, 65, $70,000 a year. And I realized mm -hmm. like, well, I, I can't keep trading time for money. And all my clients are pulling up in, you know, G wagons and taking exotic vacations and got these baller houses. And I'm like, I must've missed the boat and got the wrong information. And I would, so what I, I started doing was I'd interview my clients mm. and the common theme amongst all of them was I own a business or I own real estate amongst all my wealthy clients. I was like, well, success leaves clues. I should right. probably go start a real estate company. Okay. Okay. And I had no money. I was broke. Right. So I didn't have any money. I didn't have any credit. So I qualified to be a wholesaler. <laughs> that was pretty okay. much how I got started. So then I put myself through YouTube university, started watching Sean Terry videos and, you know, got plugged into, you know, different masterminds. I'm a byproduct of, you know, good masterminds like Gonzalo's at right now, you know, just having a lot of really good people pour into me along the way and help me, um, help me out. I got a question, Nick. What, at that point, what appealed to you for wholesaling? So a lot of people in those in that position would have been, hey, let me just go get my real estate license and go be an agent and for, for buyers or uh, find listings. So what appealed to you about wholesaling um, rather than being an agent at that point? Well, yeah. So when I first started wholesaling, I moved down to Austin, Texas without a job, no connections. And I decided I wanted to be my own boss. I didn't want to go back to work for anybody. And I didn't have time to go out and get my license, hang my oh, hat at some brokerage, you know, get a listing, wait for it to close. I was like, I need money now. Um, so that was the um, shortest way that I could see to get to getting to revenue. And it conceptually made sense. You contract a property at a low price and then you sell it to an investor at a markup. It, it was very um, easy for me to get my head around. I think at a third grade level. And so it made it, it made sense. It made very easy sense. Hell yeah. Keep it simple. Yeah. Um, so what what exposed you to wholesaling? Was it just a lot of diligence and research into real estate? You know, you, you had the commonality over interviewing a lot of your clients. A lot of them were involved in real estate. But what pointed you in that direction? Was it you said YouTube University? Did you just research real estate a whole lot and came across wholesaling or was it one of your clients? Yeah, like, I mean, I was open at the time. I was like, you know, looking for any opportunity and, you know, wholesaling just continued to come across, you know, as I was, you know, researching different opportunities mm -hmm. and that I just went deep on it. You know, I, I started watching videos till nauseam. I'd sit there and binge watch, you know, Sean Terry videos and all the different you know mentors they had back in 2014 2014 there wasn't a lot of people out there teaching it on you know youtube for free and so right i got my i floundered around for the first year it took me 11 months to get my first deal oh um, wow yeah it was brutal and this and not like on a half-ass effort either like i was giving it all i had and they took it still took me 11 months i went on 104 appointments before i got my first property under contract and got it sold were you able to float yourself for 11 months? Did you have to go? Yeah, so I had to get a, yeah, I had a, I, I had to break down and get a job, right? right? Which was like, I did not want to do, but you know, I had to pay, pay my bills. So I got a, a inside sales job at indeed.com and I was so motivated to go be my own boss. I was like, 
I'm going to go in here and crush it so I can get out and be my own boss as soon as possible. So I went in and I went from like, you know, almost being evicted from my apartment to, you know, top gun at indeed, you know, rookie of the year, you know, and I, I did really well. And was making like, you know, almost a quarter million dollars a year doing inside sales. Oh, there. wow. Okay. So that was what kind of gave me my seed money. I was able to take the money from my nine to five job and start pushing it into marketing, into masterminds. Yep. And, you know, that's when I was, you know, able to start really getting some traction into, um, into the business. I want, I want to ask you two things about that 11-month experience, right? The first thing I want to ask you, and I think this will help a lot of people that's watching, maybe even us, is what do you think was the biggest mistake that either you made once or you kept making over and over during that 11-month period? I mean, I was doing dumb stuff like handwriting my own letters and, you know, handwriting bandit signs because I was broke. And, okay. you know, I was trying to save money. But you got you, you you know how inefficient that is, right? Like that's that's stupid. Like I would have been better off going and getting a credit card and like actually paying for direct mail or actually paying for some legitimate marketing. Right. A better shot. But yeah, I was doing it on a shoestring budget. So yeah, I was really um it was just really a slow grind, you know, to to get to to where my first deal. Okay, okay. But you probably certainly learned a heck of a lot during those 11 months. And a lot of people would have been happy. Hey, fine. Screw that. I'm making enough money to indeed. But you had that entrepreneurship drive to, to say, you know what? I'm walking away from this. I'm doing well in sales and I'm going to start my own company. So, I mean, that was also, you know, that was a lot of risk on your part, too, that you took. Yeah, that's awesome. How, how old were you then? Uh, that was 2014 and like 2015. So I was 24, 25. Nice. Congrats, man. Now, when you finally got your first deal, what marketing campaign was that off of? That was uh, direct mail. It was one of my handwritten letters that <laughs> I had sat there at my kitchen table and scribbled out. And I went on the appointment and they told me to you know, kick rocks. And then I was walking down the street during my lunch break at Indeed. And they called me back and said, hey, we're ready to move forward. You know, no it's just way. Kind of like nice. So when they told you to kick rocks, are you just exaggerating or were they really like, there's no, no way? I mean, they weren't rude about it, but they weren't, okay. they weren't willing to entertain my, you know, offer at the price that I wanted it. And they eventually, yeah. they just came back around and were like, okay, fine. So, and so let me ask you this and answer, honestly, were you, were you close to giving up? Yeah. I remember the, the closest I came to giving up, it was, you know, probably like 105 degrees in Texas and I'm driving to appointments with like, no AC in my beater car, you know, and I remember it was like probably like appointment 75. I just struck out like horribly on I get back to my shitty little like one bedroom apartment uh, in Austin, Texas. And uh, I remember like, man, maybe I'm just like I started having self-doubt. You know, I started having those thoughts. That I think you know, we probably all had like, hey, you know, maybe yeah. this is harder than it looks. Other people can do it and I can't do it. And, you know, I started having all these uh doubts and i remember sitting at my kitchen table and i was like dude you didn't come this far to only come this far like you're gonna see this through um either one one of two things is gonna happen either you're gonna be successful or it's gonna kill you there's no i just burned the ship right then and there in my mind and that was the that was the moment i haven't i haven't looked back ever since so so it seems like throughout everything that we're talking about it seems like you 
you, you never didn't believe that it was true or that it can happen. You ne- you said there's not a point where you thought wholesaling might have been fake and maybe all these training videos are not real or they're exaggerating. Yeah, but in my in, in my the back of my mind, I knew that was that was self-doubt talking and that wasn't the truth. That was, I knew like, okay, this conceptually makes sense. I have enough evidence to support that, you know, this is actually real. I've seen enough YouTube videos and people that are talking about it. Um, and I, I would go to local meetups and see guys that were already doing deals. So that was helpful. But I always knew, like, I did have those thoughts. We all do. But I just knew a self-doubt, um, you know, just creeping in. Right, 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 right. Um so you overcame the self-doubt. You obviously got the first deal. And once you got that first deal, was there momentum after that? Where Was it the second, the third, and the fourth shortly thereafter? Or yeah, I dumped, 11 I, months, right? Yeah, I only made 12 grand on my first deal, and then I dumped it all right back into marketing yeah. every last cent. <laughs> okay, was it, was it more direct mail? Yes. Nice. I don't do – I haven't done direct mail in years and years, by the way. But this is, right. this is back in the – back in the days when direct mail were actually worked decent. So, right. Right. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, I, you know, spent 12 grand in direct mail and I got like three deals pretty much like back to back to back off of that campaign. And then, you know, I continue to just roll my, um, you know, assignment fees into the business. Yeah, nice. That'd be software um, systems, marketing. Um, and then that I just, continued at that pace for a little while longer things continue to snowball and within you know 18 months i was out of my my corporate nine to five job congratulations man that's so you were awesome. still working at that point when you got those three deals yeah because i wanted to have a nice bankroll leaving corporate you know so my thought my, my thought process was like hey look i need to have at least you know three months living expenses and three months of business uh, expenses in the bank yeah. yep, and deals on the, on the whiteboard that are, you know, happening. So I got to that point, you know, within 18 months. And you're not married, no kids, right? Did you have any other responsibilities or were you able to really minimize your expenses? No, I got, I got chopped down pretty quick, like pretty bad, uh, when I was in Texas. So I lost everything I had back in 2016, mm. right before I was about to quit my uh, corporate job, yeah. I was dating a girl. And I've been dating her for like nine or 11 months or something. And we moved in together. And I remember I was like, hey, it's not working out. So I broke up with her. And uh, I told her, hey, um, you know, I'm, I'm going out of town when I get back. Just make sure you're, you, you, know, you leave. I gave her some money. Long story short, I get back and uh, somebody comes up to me and like, hey, are you Nick Perry? I was like, you just been served. I was like, served for what? In Texas. <laughs> If a girl lives with you or a, a guy or girl, I didn't know this. I'm from Virginia. If a guy or a girl lives with you, um, doesn't matter what what period of time, they can claim common law. And when you when you get common law, it means you have to go through a formal divorce proceeding. To, so I lost all my money to the attorneys. I got whacked in court bad. I lost all my money because I put her on the bank account, too. So she, oh, it was the dumbest thing I ever did. So. Wow. Yeah, I lost everything. I lost all my liquidity. I lost my place. Lost all my furniture, my cars. I had to just, and then I had to like start over and like get all my, you know, and life will come at you, man. That is for sure. 
yeah. life never ceases to come at you, you know, in every which way. I think you give more motivation to, you know, to um, just focus and, like I said, put money into the business and grow it, right? Because he knows that other stuff can go pretty quick, right? But yeah. he's trying to build a business and, you know, yeah. it's hard sometimes to take your profit, put it back in the business. But yeah. And I mean, um, so, yeah, that's another thing in like the entrepreneurial journeys, you're going to have setbacks, right? This is real life. So you're going to have issues that come up major life crises happen to everybody. So, you know, always if when things are going good, you know, protect it because you never know when, you know, life can always turn on you on a dime. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, It'll keep coming at you. It'll test you. And if you can overcome everything that comes in your direction, you're eventually going to get to the point where you get over that hump and then things really become fun at that point. Right. And it sounds like you're clearly in that realm and you're reinvesting, you're becoming a limited partner in, in other businesses. And, and now it's, it's, now it's go time, you know, correct. Which is yeah. awesome. But I, yeah, that's the key is you just got to be able to weather all the storms and you just have to have that mindset. Like I'm not going to be denied of, you know, my success. Right. I think most people have a short window on it though. And they drastically underestimate the amount of sacrifice you have to make. Yeah, to get right. to where you're trying to go. Well, right. every, a lot of people out there, they a lot of business gurus say, oh, it's, all you can do is this, and it's easy, right? Just pull, just pull a list and 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 make some calls, and you're making X amount a month. Like, well, it takes a lot of calls, it takes a lot of persistence, follow up, sacrifice to make it happen, and I, and that's when people get frustrated and they quit. So, yep, yep, yep. And uh, so you had a, a handful of deals going on deals you know the next three deals after the you know you plugging the 12k back into your marketing those came in and, and you're a guy that habitually reinvested which is awesome when did you break down and hire your first employee well my first employee was the girl that cleaned me out for common law so that was a mistake so oh, yeah that, that's one other thing if you guys are in business I mean, maybe husband wife combo, but definitely don't be partnering up with your girlfriend or boyfriend. If you're single on this call, that's not a good move. Um, good point. So, yeah, that's, that's something to um, live by. And then my first real employee, I was actually working for Indeed. I was in my corporate nine to five job. This will help you guys out a lot is I found a really, really good VA. And then I trained her, you know, uh, really well to be able to handle the phones um, get information, set appointments for me when I was for when I was out of work. So that made sure I could run consistent marketing and not have any downtime while I was doing my nine to five job. Right, right. I think you hit the nail on the head. And I think a lot of that boils down to, um, you, you don't only, you don't just partner with people because they are available. There are a lot of people that are available. But if they're not a true value add and then your personalities don't align, then they're they're likely not a good fit. Uh, and it's tough for people, especially in the beginning. You know, they don't have business experience. Um, they don't have real estate experience. They're just trying to break in. So them and their best friend or their two best buddies or their girlfriend, they're trying to work together to build this thing. And then before you know it, if it really becomes something, you start truly learning who the individuals are because money not necessarily make you evil, but it makes you more of the person you really are. And if they're, you know, if they have this mask on as to whether, you know, they weren't a right fit, you'll, tr- you'll find that out over time. And then it'll just fall apart if they're truly not the right fit. So I think, I think that's a, a great point. The, there has to be value add there and the personalities have to align and you have to especially have trust. 
I agree. I agree. And it's, you know, your relationships are more important than uh, business too. So think about that before you try to just go out there and partner up with your best friend, right? Is your, if, is a, a business, you know, venture going sideways worth your relationship? Probably not. You probably should just pony up and actually go find an employee and pay right. them and, you know, do it that way. Yep. 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 So, um, after that episode, um, and you had to rebuild everything and get the real estate business going again, wh when did you decide was the right time to start hiring? You said you you hired a VA, they become yep. great. And what happened next? And then, I mean, you know, when that, when that like life setback happened, I didn't stop. Like I still had deals coming in. I was still crushing out my job. So like I was, I, I had momentum already. It really didn't like hurt me too bad. Okay. So I was able to, you know, I had my VA rocking and rolling, taking calls pretty shortly thereafter. That worked out really well. Um, and then within um, like six months from that point, I went and quit my, my corporate job. So okay. it took me a couple extra quarters than I should have, I should have quit, you know, within a year, it took me 18 months. So once I got out, I was able to um, start, you know, doing everything as a full-time entrepreneur and quickly realized I needed somebody to help me with acquisition. So I hired on an acquisition manager. Um, it actually is my CEO to this day. He's the oh, one. Wow. This was back in 2016. So that was five years ago. And he started as my first acquisition manager and uh, he's done every single job in the company. And, uh, you know, we built, you know, everything together. He's, you know, got promoted to COO. He was the COO of the company from 2018 to 2021. And then when I left and exited and, and moved away, I promoted him to, to CEO. That's amazing. That's amazing. So in 2016, when you hired this individual on, did you even know that the right title was acquisition manager? I did just because I had already been going to masterminds. Mm -hmm. So I knew enough to see how a basic structure of a wholesaling company needed to be set up. Um, you know, like I said, I'm a byproduct of having good coaches and mentors and I'm a big proponent of education. Like I've spent, I never made it through high school, but I've spent over like 750 grand on my education. So. Wow. Wow. Yeah. When are you going to get to the million point? As soon as possible. I'm going, I've got a, uh, I'm doing an event this weekend. I'm going to Tony Robbins in two weeks. Is it uh, the so, business mastery or? Uh, it's UPW. So I'm Lisa Yeah, it's, uh, here in Florida. So. I'm always looking for, you know, great places that I can learn and just feed my mind with uh, new information. I mean, there's a, a lot of uh, business uh, um, gurus that say, you know, you need to spend at least 10% of your income on education. I think people just want the, they want the knowledge now and they, they, you know, don't take their time to educate themselves. And I think not only educating, networking as well, right? So long-term business relationships from those events. So, I mean. Yeah, hands that's down, huge. that's more, dude, that's more important. More important. Like I learned a lot of stuff that was valuable, but it's the uh, connections that I made that have been able to um, get me to where I need to go. There's not much in like wholesaling and flipping that I can't figure out just because of the network that I have, right? Yep. You know, if I need somebody in a certain area or I need, I, I have a, a question on a certain strategy. I always have somebody that I can fall back and, and call, which is invaluable. Wow, that's amazing. Man. We have that relationship, right? You, you asked me about flipping stuff. 
Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> so Gary's a full-time flipper and, a, and I'm a full-time wholesaler. So, um, so yeah. he doesn't buy any of my deals anymore. Uh, well, you know, there's a reason. For we, that. we all know why. We all know why. Yeah, he's, he's he wants too much, man. He's probably asking too high. Yeah, he's greedy. Yeah, he's greedy as hell. Hey, when you got buyers getting overpay, I'm not going to get in their way, and they can lose money all day. You Zillow just stopped buying. So, what do you think? Why do you think that is? Yeah, but uh, they oversell too at the end. Yeah, they're going to lose money and just get out of it. <laughs> no, we still do deals. We still we still figure stuff out. Um, so you were doing direct mail. What was your very next marketing campaign? So I was doing direct mail and pay-per-click advertising simultaneously. And I'd always done, um, pay-per-click advertising. And I started really getting dangerous with it right around the time I left my, my corporate job. And so I was closing consistent deals like in the Texas market. And then, um, you know, I realized that if I were to open up my geographical targeting from just like you know, Austin and San Antonio to, to different cities, it would reduce my cost per lead. So mm. that cool. the, I ended up getting crazy with it. And I ended up just doing the entire nation. And I realized these people that were in Washington state were the same kind of motivated seller I was talking to in Texas, right? They were or were not? No, they were. It's just you're were. talking to the same kind of homeowner, right? Human nature is the same anywhere you go in the world. So yeah. I get, you know, I, I started off and I started getting properties under contract and then um, I had to figure out how to dispo them. Right. And that was a whole, you know, two year learning process in itself, Oof. but I pushed Damn myself that. through it and was able to, you know, come up with systems, processes, and procedures to really get proficient at doing nationwide wholesaling. Hmm. And we're able now we're, that's, that's what we do. It's hmm. uh, in hindsight, you know, I would never go back to, to doing what I was doing, but in hindsight, like it actually pioneering and figuring that out was, was madness. So when you go, because yeah, you can incrementally expand it and reduce the cost, but when you go nationwide, how much did that reduce your cost per lead? Whether you want to give the pricing or the percentage, do you yeah, recall? So, all right, I'll put it to you this way. When I was just doing it in like San Antonio <laughs> and Houston and Austin, my cost per lead is like, 285 sometimes three up to 350 dollars a lead wow even back then when you was that 2015 2016 or something like that yeah i mean sometimes i would be able to get leads for cheaper but it, i mean it was getting pretty pretty high wow so okay once i went nationwide my this was back in 2016 and you can't doesn't really work like this now but i started getting leads for four dollars wow mm, okay so you can imagine I'm getting hit over the head with, you know, $300 leads and I see $4 leads. Yeah. Um, I was like, all right, I can figure this out. And so that was my, my motivation. Mm. Wow. That is unbelievable. Did you, between the direct mail and the PPC, was there anything else that you tried out? I've done it all, man. I've done cold calling, SMS, RVM, uh, Facebook ads, you know, I mean, like you, you name it, radio, skywriting. Uh, yeah, Ooh, that's a good one. I mean, whatever it takes. Yeah, you know, if it's got, if, if I can get uh, get in front of somebody and get you know good cost per lead, I'm I'm open to it. Got it, got it, got it. So, are you still doing a lot of those different campaigns now? Are you None. exclusive to just a few? Or no, all I do now is pay per click advertising. Really? Okay. Yeah, and it's because if you look like so for me, it only takes me 
you know, on average 12 leads to get a contract. Okay. As opposed to cold, like, you know, take, I know a lot of people do cold calling and texting. Okay. Take that channel, for example, you're looking at what 40 to 50 leads to get a contract. But here's the, here's the kicker is, you know, it's only taken me 12 leads, but the average time from a lead, the time that a lead comes into the time you lock it up is only three days. So with cold calling leads, it takes you 60 to 90 days of follow-up to get something under contract the majority of the time hmm. on average. So I'm getting leads at a cheaper than I'm getting for cold calling. I'm getting uh, them at a, uh, you know, almost a three, a three times higher conversion rate. And, um, my cost per contract and my cost per close deal is, you know, amazing, which makes my margins great. So, so you're nationwide. Is it, is it only the lower 48 or is it Alaska? No, I've, done, also? I've done, yeah, Alaska, Hawaii. Um, the only you place I have in Alaska. I multiple. Yeah. Wow. Same with okay. Hawaii. I, I love Hawaii. Okay. I always got great spreads in Hawaii. Oh, wow. And I've never been there. But I have never been to Mexico. That's a good excuse, though. Yeah. Got to do some networking. You were getting to a point. You were going to say you never did a deal somewhere, I think. No, I was saying I've done deals in every state except for uh, North Dakota and Vermont. And it's just because I don't get a ton of lead volume from North Dakota and Vermont. Really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you're obviously targeting a certain kind of buy box or whatever you determine is going to give you good lead flow. And for some reason in those States, it just doesn't work that way. Yeah. I mean, I've had, I've had contracts in their state. I just haven't closed anything They're You know, they're very rural, but I'm sure I'm, I'll eventually have both of those. I'll have all 50 States. Got it. Got it. What happens uh, when, when you get those done, you know, does someone ring like a crazy bell or. Duh, 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 duh. Uh, I mean, we, we have a Who's big, we have a big <laughs> map of the United States in our office and we have, pins in every single place so we're you know i it's it's a milestone for me but yeah it's probably just gonna be another day <laughs> <laughs> he's in miami now you know have a party in south beach man that's yeah, right that, that's kind of interesting so you you have your operation operating on its own without you in austin correct that's super unique um you know i i don't know i mean there might be a few of the big dogs and i would guess their hands off that you know just social media influencers but Anyone that I kind of know or talk to directly, I don't. I don't think I know anyone that's not operating in their operation right now. So that's that's amazing, man. Hats off to you for that. When, when did you take that leap? It's it was a slow evolution, so it wasn't a leap. You know, it was about putting the right people in the right seats. Right. right. I have all A players on my team, so it's not like there's a lot of management headache. Right. Um, and then you know, my COO who's been with me for over five years. Right. Wow. And then, you know, he was my COO from 2018 to January 1st of this year. Right. So I would still go to the office bell to bell. I'd be first in last out and I would watch him and let him just basically make decisions, you know, without my involvement, I'd still be there. And if he needed me, um, yeah, he could let me know. But the majority of the time I was just sitting in my office on TikTok all day. And then, uh, you know, as time went on, what I ha what happened was I started spending longer and longer away from the office. I'd go on a, you know, four day mastermind. Then I'd go on a week long vacation. Then I'd be gone for two weeks. And when I'd come back, I'd see how things were handled. Right. And 
I would coach my COO until he was proficient enough to really, um, you know, run the entire operation without my involvement. Right. And everything I, you know, I trust you, you have to have somebody that you, uh, you trust, right? Like I trust my CEO just as much as I trust my mother because they have high level access into your business and into you know, your financials. So you gotta, it's not something that you just, you know, do overnight. Oh, for sure. For sure. Um, do yeah. you, do you meet with them on a regular basis, whether it's weekly, monthly, quarterly? Yeah, so I still jump on my my Monday morning team meetings. Okay. Um, just to show face, and then uh, from that point, you know, really, you know, my team doesn't reach out to me too much unless it's like uh, an emergency. I mean, we we you know chop it up. Like usually, I have a couple calls a week just because I'm curious. I want to know how things are going. Sure. I see all the contracts coming in on my phone. But I, I want to know what's happening. I'm, you know, I miss being in the office every day. So I'll call and be like, "Hey, how's it going, man? You know, how's how's the week been going?" And he'll catch me up. You know, but um, like I said, they don't need a lot of babysitting. Yeah, that that's your team, man. It's like it's like your family, dude. When you go back into that office, they're just like super excited to see you. You're super excited to see them, and it's just like old times. Yeah, and I still go back, you know, just because I do miss it, and I like to you know, um, see my team. So I'll go to Austin, you know, once every six weeks or so and spend like a half week there with the guys. We'll go out and do team happy hours, go play paintball or, you know, do something fun as a team. Gotcha. Now, what I do want to pick your brain about is um, I know that you're into coaching and you have a program called Seven Figure Cartel. And I'm really curious about it because you've done what a lot of people are trying to get to, what a lot of people are trying to do. And uh, it sounds like it focuses on helping people grow their business and scale their companies. So there might be people either trying to get into wholesaling or people that do one deal here and one deal there, or maybe they're trying to get their first deal within 11 months or trying to beat you and do it in 10 months or whatever the case may be. But it sounds like it's something that's really helpful for a lot of people that want to grow and scale their, their real estate company. So can you tell us a little bit more about it? Yeah, you know, I, I created it because, you know, again, hindsight is always twenty twenty. It took me, you know, seven and a half, almost eight years to get to this point where I am now. Mm-hmm. And, you know, knowing all the stuff that I've had to go through, all the things that I've uh you know come you know come across, I could have probably done it if I had the knowledge I had now, I could have probably done it in like a year or two. Mm-hmm. Hindsight's always twenty twenty. I said, Well, mm-hmm. what if and I would always have a lot of people ask me, I did one-on-one coaching for a while with uh, some people, but um, a lot of people were asking me, Hey, can you, can you condense basically eight years worth of blood, sweat, tears, pain um, into you know something that's actually tangible. So I put together the seven figure cartel, which is literally my entire life's work. It's my uh, whole entire business blueprint, marketing acquisitions, dispositions, hiring, uh, how I manage my finances, literally every everything we peel the you know peel everything back we give you all the documents that we use in uh internally and uh we actually do coaching every other every other week so it's not just like a course where you go through and and pray for the best we're doing coaching i'm literally going to handhold you and force you to become successful is is what it comes down to so you jump on the call and i'm gonna you know not only um help coach you through anything you need help with, but I'm going to keep you accountable too. 
to make sure that you know every couple of weeks you're you know accomplishing the things that we set out to do. So um, you know I'm there for you, and it's been my passion project. Just seeing the success that our students is having has been you know really really humbling. Watching guys go from doing you know, a couple of deals a month to now doing multiple six figures a month consistently, it's been awesome. uh, re really great. Yeah, man, you got a cash geeks discount for me, man. I'll jump on. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Yeah, what, what's what's the uh, how do people find it? Where do they go? Uh just the website, sevenfigurecartel.com. So the number seven figurecartel.com. Um, and then the links in my Instagram bio too. So you can find me on Instagram. It's just Nick Perry REI, like Nick Perry real estate investment, Nick Perry REI on uh, Instagram. It. Yep. So why did you choose to name it seven figure cartel? Is it cartels are known to have large sums of Be, money? Uh, no, because I mean, if you look at the cartels, what, what did they, what was the cartel? Pablo Escobar invented it and it was a coming together of the minds and they all shared resources. So it's not just me, right? Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I'm a big part of it. I open up all my resources and Rolodex to the members, but in addition, like we've got some of the heaviest hitters in the country that are in in the group so we're all in there we got a private members only facebook we're on coaching calls uh once every two weeks so everybody's pulling together and helping each other you know uh you know, to prosperity and to where we're trying to go got it got it um what's the if you don't mind sharing with me what is the um the price for nationwide pay-per-click look like today is it still four dollars no, but our like our average right now is between thirty and thirty-five dollars. That's super. And then so you multiply that. What's thirty awesome. times twelve? That that's our average cost per contract. Right. Our PPC, if we, our good rates are like two hundred dollars a lead. Yeah. <laughs> right now, um, we've had we've had bad PPC providers. Oh, excuse me. Is that me? I think so. Yeah. We've fine. had bad PPC providers. Um, we've had three hundred to. $1,200 a lead. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's one of the things I, I you know, preach about is I've been... Uh, uh, hold on one second. You're good. Okay, is that better? No. I mean, your mic just heard about the PPC amount and it got crazy. I know. Yeah, the, a lot of the agencies, they're never going to manage it as good as you manage it. And it's not brain surgery. Like if you guys can manage text campaigns and manage, you know, uh, getting through Podio, you're going to be fine to you know, run pay-per-click. It's not rocket science. I mean, I didn't I barely made it. I didn't make it through high school, you know, so <laughs> I don't have a tech background. I can barely get around on my iPhone. So. Now, now, Nick, I got one question for you. As a flipper that's going to do a little acquisition himself with PPC, um, is there any starter tips you can you can recommend? Any any point in the right direction? Yeah, I mean, a few things that are really really important with PPC is your website's obviously um, an important factor, and the most important factor is your page speed. So, how fast does your phone load on mobile? Because the majority of the traffic now is mobile, and you know how people how people with a website doesn't load in two seconds, they're jumping back to Google because they think it doesn't work. So people I've yeah, never I got a professional website. So I have I a very professional, so. have a fast professional website. And then 
Um, you know, we do things out of the box. You know, we're doing it nationwide, but we're not only doing search campaigns. Um, we're doing YouTube campaigns. We're doing uh, discovery campaigns, which is basically Gmail uh, ads that are in your inbox. So we do things that are, um, you know, not as traffic because everybody is out there bidding on we buy houses. Correct. Yeah. Correct. How do you differentiate yourself? Right. Correct. No. Yeah. Cool. Right. So one thing I noticed, and it's amazing that you know you do things on the level that you you do things on the level that you do them at. You get really good rates. You're still, I mean, you said 15 to 20 contracts a week, which is sick, absolutely sick. Um, and uh, and then you're sharing the information with everyone. I mean, you're 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 asking, you're willing to help other people. You're you're helping people scale where they're doing a few here and there, and now they're doing multiple per month with your same strategies. What I noticed about a lot of the bigger players, such as yourself, you know, they have a mindset of abundance. They're not afraid to help others. They're giving all of their strategies, seller strategies, buyer list, everything. And it, it really doesn't affect each other negatively. There's um, enough to go around. Unbelievable. Yeah, so are you, does that, do you never double think like you're going to affect your business negatively by giving everyone else your strategies? No, I mean, I believe in like the universal laws of success, which you know, is like laws of reciprocity and things like that. The more you put out, the more you more you receive. So that's part of it. But, you know, additionally, like you said, there's so much uh, business out there and, you know, I've never been, I've been doing this for seven, going, almost eight years now, and I've never been negatively affected um, through sharing information. Right. I've only been helped. Wow. You know, it's only, it's only come back around through uh, relationships. You know, some, all my best friends have came from this industry and it's just been, you know, uh, a huge blessing to be able not to not only not negative else. but the net plus plus positive exactly right? exactly yeah. that's awesome well once again nick you know i can't thank you enough for coming on here and sharing everything that you've shared i know it's going to help a tremendous amount of people and it, you know i've got a like if, if people don't believe it i've got a, a ton of notes here on on everything you that we've that been discussing Can you read that yeah it's amazing and um you know once again i think it's it's at nick perry rei sevenfigurecartel.com um is there anything else that you can uh leave us with before we wrap this up yeah i mean biggest thing is that um yeah in order to be successful you're only going to be successful as the uh, the company you keep we all know that right mm -hmm. you know so you're the sum of the five people we hang around that cliche thing but it's the same in business too okay so if you're hiring if you're bringing people into your organization that are not a players you need to get rid of them immediately because they're going to cost you so much money um it's unfathomable even if they're getting deals get them out because the, the you know the deal that the a player is gonna you know get on the phone with and make seventy thousand dollars on that b player is going to fumble on that deal and you're not going to get it so take that example and stretch out over the course of a year a year we're talking multiple six figures and lost opportunity costs. So when I got really good at hiring great people, that's when my business took off. And that's why I don't have to be there. So if you had to boil it down into one thing, you are the, um, you know, you're only as good as the company you keep. Wow. Wow. That's awesome, man. And I, I don't think people can be reminded enough about that because you can hear it. You can kind of believe it in the back of your head. 
uh, but people just they're used to what they've grown up doing is just going back to the same old ways, the same old ways. So I don't think people can hear that enough and they constantly have to be reminded about that. So that's awesome. Especially when you're trying to grow a business too, you're probably still hanging out with your high school friends, right? That are knuckleheads and you're just trying to scale a business. They don't understand the sacrifices of the money. They yep. want to go to the club every Friday. You're like, no, I'm going to stay home because I got I to gotta work tomorrow on, or on Saturday. Yeah, of course. And so you have to make new friends and, and being part of education and networking, that's part of it, right? You get to meet people that are in your same circle or hopefully above you in that way. Um, you know, you can continue to grow with, uh, with your business. Yeah. So once again, Nick, thanks so much for doing this. We really, really appreciate it. And guys, we will see you guys again next week, uh, next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern time. I'm Dom, guys, and this is the Cash Peaks Network. See you guys later. Yes.